Welcome to the Vintage Church NOLA podcast. Vintage Church is a multi-church, multi-city movement of truth, love, and community. For information, visit vintagechurchmovement.com. Here is this week's message. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Memorial Day weekend. Good to see you. Great crowd this morning. Uh, As always, that bumper, whoever comes up to preach, they're tempted to start dancing, right? But it's kind of an awkward lead into the sermon, so I'm going to spare you that. Uh, But man, level up. Hasn't it been an awesome uh, sermon series? You guys enjoyed it? Uh, Today, we're actually going to finish that series called Level Up, and we're going to talk about leveling up your praise. Leveling up your praise. And so if I've never met you before, my name is uh, Matthew Weaver, one of the pastors. Glad you're here today. And uh, we're going to be in Psalm 150. Okay, if you want to turn to Psalm 150, it's the very last psalm uh, in the book of Psalms. Connect team's going to come down. If you need a Bible, uh, just raise your hand and we will get you a free copy of God's Word for you to take home and uh, a gift from us to you this morning. So we're in, uh, we've been in this series called Level Up, right? And the idea has been uh, when you level up your praise, you level up your life. life. Okay, good. A few people will remember that. Okay, when you level up your praise, you level up your life. We have talked about uh, multiple different things. We've talked about leveling up your trust, leveling up your celebration, leveling up your wonder, leveling up your joy, and today, level up your praise. This whole series has been about praise. When you, despite how you feel, despite what's going on, as we just uh, kind of talked about and prayed about and sang about, despite everything, if we can focus in on God and praise Him despite everything else, God is going to, to work and move in our lives in incredible ways, uplift our spirits, and our lives will be more abundant in Christ, right? But we have to choose to praise Him. We have to choose to lean into that. And so Psalm 150 is all about praise. It's like a, a, it's, it's a doxology, right? A call to worship, a call to praise God, a call to bow before God. And so the book of Psalms literally wraps up talking about praise, right? The book of Psalms, I love it because it's such an honest book, right? As we, as we talk about lamenting, I mean, the Psalms, what better place to go then the book of Psalms, to read the writer of the Psalms pouring out their heart to God, yet in the midst of that, praising God as well. And so today we're going to talk about praise. We're going to read Psalm 150. It's only six verses, but uh, I want to give you like a definition of praise. This is my definition as I prayed about how to unpack the word praise. This is kind of what God gave me. It's on the screen. Praise is giving God the glory and adoration that he is due, which in return uplifts our spirits, realigns our perspective, and changes our lives. Multiple things going on there, right? God is worthy and due of all praise. He is God, we are not. We praise him, and when we do that, when we praise God, our spirits are lifted. Who needs a lifted spirit this morning? I mean, I need, it. I need it right now as I'm even bringing God's word to you. There's so much going on. When I praise God, he will lift my spirit. He will realign my perspective back to him, back to his kingdom, and then my daily life will look different and be changed. That's praise. So Psalm 150, let's read it. It's on the screen as well. It says this. 
Praise, the, oh, by the way, hold your hallelujah till the end, okay? At the very end of this psalm, because I say praise a bunch, okay? All right, Psalm 150, verse 1. Praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, there you go. Here's our theme this morning, okay? It's very simple. We should praise the Lord. Everybody say, we should praise the Lord. Say it again. We should praise the Lord. As we look at this psalm, that's our theme over and over and over again, is that we should praise the Lord. So what I want to do is I want to give you five truths. If, if our umbrella this morning is we should praise the Lord, what goes under the umbrella? What are the five truths I think that this text teaches us about praising the Lord this morning? Number one is this. We should praise the Lord with his people. We should praise the Lord with his people. Just go to verse 1. I'm going to walk through this verse by verse. Verse 1 begins saying, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. Okay, we'll stop right there. Sanctuary was the dwelling place where God would meet with his people. The temple where God would meet. The nation of Israel would gather to the temple to worship God together. And God would meet them there in that place. This place was holy, and within the walls of the temple, it was a set-apart location meant for praise. So this space that they met in to praise the Lord was a sacred space where God would meet with his people. That's the context of this psalm, right? Praise God in the sanctuary. Come together. Sanctuary means community, okay? Sanctuary means gathering place. People are coming to a place to worship the Lord together. Uh, the book of Psalms commentary uh, says this, just a very simple sentence. It says, in the act of worship, the sacred and the mundane meet and commune together. And for a holy time, the boundaries are transcended. Praise God in the sanctuary. Now, when you come here to Ventus Church, right, this is our sanctuary, if you will. This is our auditorium, our worship center, where we come and we worship the Lord together. That's what we're doing right now through fellowship, through singing, through God's word, through prayer. This is a place of worship. And there's a lot of things that we do in this space, in this building. We don't just have worship services. We do many things together. We have groups. We have kids ministry. We have student ministry. We have outreach. We have uh, things like the formation conference and things that we do for the community and all of these incredible things. But this space that we have, when you come on Sundays, we try to challenge you with this so much. Number one, do you come expectant to worship, right? When Pastor Mark gets up here, uh, it's, you know, uh, and he calls people to worship. And usually, you know, 
9 a.m., 11 a.m. when we start, there's probably about 10 people in the room. You get to like 10 after, the room's pretty full, right? So some of you guys missed that call to worship, so maybe come a little earlier next week, right? But, amen. But Pastor Mark literally says, welcome to Venice Church. We're glad you're here. Let's stand together and let's worship the Lord. He's calling us in the sanctuary to worship the Lord in community together. And when we do this, we are entering into a safe, sacred space where God meets with us in community and individually. Now, on the flip side, it's not all about the building. We have the Holy Spirit of God living in us, right? We have the tabernacle, the the, the dwelling place of God through His Son, Jesus. He sent the Holy Spirit. We We have him in us. So when we leave this building, God is just as much with us as he was in this building. Okay? You take God with you if you know him every single day, wherever you go. But on the flip side, this does matter. Because when you miss this, you miss out, I believe, and the text teaches that you miss out on an extra dose of community and inspiration and encouragement in community, right? And so, yes, God is with us everywhere we go, but yes, gathering in the sanctuary with his people, praising him, does something to your spirit, to your soul, to your life every single day. God meets us where we are. God meets us as a church family, but God meets you and me with whatever we're going through. He speaks to us in the midst of that. So we should praise the Lord in community with his people. Number two, we should praise the Lord with the heavens, with the heavens. Go back to verse one again. Keep going. It says, praise him in his mighty heavens. Okay? So we're going from sanctuary. We're going from here, this place, now to the heavens. Wow, what a transition, right? We're going from gathering with God's people in this space, in this lifetime, on this planet right now, what we're doing right now, to then joining in with the heavens, worshiping and praising the Lord. And so you got to remember, Dustin talked about this uh, in this series, but the ancient Israelites would look up, and they'd look up to the sky, and they would see, they would picture it as a dome. They'd look up, and they would picture the sky as a dome, and they lived under the dome. And what that did for them is they looked up and they were reminded of the heavens, right? Where, where the, the, the space where God dwells, where all there is is glory. All there is is majesty. All there is is perfection. And God is ruling and reigning, right? Jesus is there right now, the resurrected Jesus, at the right hand of the Father. He is ruling and reigning up in heaven. He is far above us. And we look up, when you see a beautiful sunrise, a sunset, anything like that, you take in an incredible view you should be reminded that God is magnificent, and God is huge, and God is, the heavens are so beyond us, we can't even comprehend all of that. And so when the Israelites would look up and see this dome, they would be reminded of how big God is, and how glorious God is, and how the heavens are far above us, and filled with glory, where 
where God is, where Jesus is, where angels are, where heavenly beings are, where all those who have passed away that know Jesus, they're with him. To be absent for the body is to be present with the Lord, right? We read that in 1 Corinthians. So in heaven, it's above us. But what's happening in heaven, right? You got to remind yourself, heaven is the most perfect place ever, period. It's perfect. Uh, I think about Jesus on the cross, when he's on the cross and he's got these two, two guys next to him, remember one guy on the cross mocked him and said, who do you think you are, right? The other guy on the cross trusted in him right before his death. And Jesus literally said to him, today you will be with me in paradise. Paradise. And so what's happening in heaven right now, although we're not, we're not there yet, we'll be there one day, what's happening right now in heaven, we need to set our minds on that because that matters for our life right now. And so when we worship with the heavens, what we're doing is we are opening our minds and um, opening our perspective and opening our worship to a much bigger picture, to a much bigger story. We are broadening everything. We are saying, God, I'm not just going to focus in on <laughs> this right now all the time. I'm going to open up myself and set my mind on things above and set my mind on what is perfect and holy and glorious. And I'm going to join in with heaven, with that perspective, praising you every single day that you give me. I think about another passage where it says, whenever any sinner repents, whenever anybody puts their faith in Jesus, the angels rejoice, right? We are connected to God in the bigger picture of what he's doing, and we praise the Lord with the heavens because we're a part of that kingdom. And one day, heaven's coming to earth, and we're a part of that. Praise the Lord with the heavens. Number three, we should praise the Lord because he is king. Amen? God is king. Verse two, praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. So now what the psalmist is doing is unpacking more and more who God is. And when you focus your mind and your affections on who God is, you can't help but to praise him. And so what the psalmist does is unpacks two descriptions here, uh, describing how God is king. He says, praise him for his mighty deeds, praise him for his excellent greatness. So mighty deeds refers to simply what God has done. Deeds, right? The deeds that you do, the things that you do. These are active things. God has been active from the very beginning of time. God is an active God. God has worked among his people from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation and everywhere in between in our lives right now. God is on the move. God is working. When you do things God's way, he's going to work in your life. He's an active God. His mighty deeds, past, present, and future, but also his excellent greatness. His excellent greatness. Now, this describes who God is, what he's done, and then who he is. Uh, the word great, okay, the word great would be a word that was often used to describe a king. 
Throughout Scripture, there were kings, right? In the Old Testament, we read about different kings. And they would be rulers, right? And what the, the word would be to describe these kings would often be great, the great king. Now, what the psalmist does is takes that a step further and describes God as the ultimate king and says that he has excellent greatness. Excellent greatness. I don't know about you, but I'm hesitant to put that description on any human being, right? <laughs> That's kind of a high bar, you know? Like, man, that, I love that person. They have excellent greatness. I don't want that title. That's too much. <laughs> That'll puff you up, right? That's for God alone. Only He deserves that title because He's king. He alone is king. Psalm 145, 11 says, they shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power. We should praise God because He is King. Jesus is King. Jesus has defeated sin, death, and hell. And one day He's coming back again. He's King. Number four, we should praise the Lord with all that we have. With all that we have. Look at verses 3 through 5 as we unpack these instruments, right? Uh, the psalmist says, Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud clashing symbols. We should praise the Lord with all that we have. Now, I want to unpack that a little bit more. All that we have means our resources and our energy. See it on the screen. All that we have, think about this, all that we have means our resources and our energy. So what are the resources, you know, I use the word resources, things that you have, right? Things that, that belong to you. Resources here, uh, when I read this, I, I just thought about these instruments, right? These instruments for this, for this audience, this is what they had to make a noise before God. They took their trumpet, they took the lute, their harp, their tambourine, their strings, their pipe, their cymbals. They took all these things and all of these resources and all these instruments were not just random things to make random noises, right? They served a greater purpose. They were used during different occasions of worship in the temple, winning a battle, festivals of worship, and all of these different occasions where God's people would celebrate the victory of God with what they had and make a noise before God. Don't you just love our music arts team? Aren't they awesome? Yeah. And what they're doing up here is not just making random noises and making good music, because they make some really good music, don't they? Very talented. There's a deeper thing happening on this stage when they lead us in music, right? They are leading us through the instrument. I mean, I can't pull, the only instrument I can play is the trombone, and I sold it like six years ago to save money for my engagement ring to propose to my wife. Oh, that's how broke I was. Uh, so, seminary days. But look, 
I remember I only played that trombone because I had it for a class. Like, I, did, I was not worshiping the Lord with that trombone. Now, could I have done that? Sure. I missed that one. Okay? But I'm not musically talented. Maybe some of you are, and you have moments where you're, like, playing the guitar or something, and you just start worshiping God around the campfire or whatever, right? And that, that guitar is, is, a, is a resource and an instrument where you are, you are just focusing in on God and making a noise to God, and it brings you peace. It's not just some random instrument, some random noise. It serves a deeper purpose. When Pastor Mark plays the keys, I mean, I could literally sit here for hours and just listen to Mark play the keys. And yeah, he's good at it, but it brings me peace. God's using that instrument to give me peace as Mark leads, leads me. When you sing, right? All these things, these resources. Now, energy... Resources and energy. Energy here is referring to, in this text, dancing and shouting. So now what I'm going to do is do a dance for you on stage, okay? Just kidding. Some of y'all are like, what? Uh, I didn't get as many laughs as I thought I would for that one. But anyways, dancing and shouting. Uh, the text says, praise him with dancing, literally says dancing, and then it says shouting symbols or sounding symbols. And so what the, what the psalmist is getting at here is making a noise and showing expression to God. Not to please people, not to look holy, not to say, hey guys, are you seeing me? My hand's up right now, I'm, I'm worshiping God. Look at me. No, it's, it's literally to show some expression before God. Not just, now I'm not, if you do this, it's okay, but like just, you know, chilling, doing nothing, like we have those moments, but I really believe the text is teaching us a little bit here to loosen up. Loosen up, <laughs> okay? Now, we don't all have to dance. We don't all have to shout. We don't all have to do the same thing. You worship the way God is leading you, but if he's leading you to do something, you need to do it. You need to show some expression to God. Open your mouth and sing. We just prayed out loud. Wasn't that different? Wasn't that different? I mean, some of you might have been uncomfortable with that. But these are things we need to do because when we don't let things out and we don't express worship to God visibly, I just don't think it's healthy for us in the long run. Because I think what it does is we just shut down and we keep everything inside and we just keep all of our feelings, all of our emotions all of our thoughts inside of our body. And we know that eventually that will catch up with us and it's not a good thing. And I think when we process those things and then we let things out as an act of worship to God, surrendering to Him and releasing to Him, there is something that happens in that moment. God meets us there. So the text is teaching us to show expression to God. We say this all the time. We will all show expression for something that we're passionate about, won't we? You fill in the blank what it is for you. What about God? When you level up your praise, you level up your life, right? So the text is teaching us to praise the Lord with all that we have, our resources and our energy. 
take what you have. Maybe it's not a, uh, maybe you don't have a tambourine. Maybe you don't have a lute and a harp or a trumpet, right? But that's not really the point here. Maybe you have something else. God has given you something. God has given you a tangible resource. And it's not just yours to hoard and to keep to yourself, right? God is saying, okay, I want you to take this thing and I want you to use it now. I want you to use it for a greater purpose. I want you to enjoy it, but I want you to use it to serve others, to minister to others, to worship me, to use it for the kingdom. Take the resources you have, your money, your time, your energy, your stuff, your home, whatever it is, and use it for a greater eternal purpose. Take your energy. This could be a whole other sermon series, right? Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. And use your energy the way you should use it. Make sure it's directing to the Lord. Your energy and your resources. You know, maybe you can't dance, okay? Maybe you can dance. Some of y'all have seen me dance at a wedding, and, uh, and you've seen Pastor Dustin dance at a wedding. And, uh, you know, maybe you don't want to do that. I don't, I don't blame you. But maybe you do want to dance. Maybe you do want to loosen up a little bit and breathe and let go of some of that tension and worship the Lord. Shout, sing, speak out loud about the Lord. Praise Him through your body, your hobbies, your sports, your activities, your money, your time, your home, everything you have. Take what you have and channel it to praise. And the last thing is this. We should praise the Lord with all of creation. We should praise the Lord with all of creation. Verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Everything that has breath. Now this breath, this breath that the text is talking about refers to in the book of Genesis, God breathed things, he breathed his breath into life. God is the creator of all things. He created the heavens, the earth, the sky, the land, the water, the creatures, human beings. He created it all. He breathed it into existence. He created it, right? And not only did God create it, we know that we, we are made of the image of God. We are set apart from creation. He breathed his, his life into us, right? The image of God. We are different. We have a completely different existence than everything else. But everything is sustained by God in the first place. And everything that he created comes from him. We must acknowledge that God is the one that holds this world and planet and universe together. A few weeks ago, we looked at this, these images, I think, that Pastor Dustin talked about wonder. We looked at the complexness of things, and how only God could put that together, create that, and also sustain that. God sustains you and me. God sustains creation. And we should join in with that reality that God is worthy of all praise because He created all things. He is the God of creation. If you haven't been out in nature lately, I would encourage you to, I mean, it's getting hot, so you might want to hurry up and do that before the brutal summer heat, 
okay? But if you haven't gotten out in nature lately, I would really encourage you to do that. Because I really believe that there's something about getting out in nature that is good for your soul. Because what it does is you are in an environment where everything is still. And you are reminded of the goodness that exists in this world. Because we've already talked about, there's plenty of evil, isn't there? But what about the goodness of the world? You know, the world is not all bad. There is good happening. And that only comes from God, right? There's, there's the evil happening in the world, but the Holy Spirit's also moving in the world. And if we don't remind ourselves of the goodness that is existent, and one day we'll be completely redeemed, we will completely lose sight of the goodness and we will be drifted away and deceived by the enemy. But when we sit in nature, what I'm reminded of is that God is sustaining. I think about the passage in the book of Matthew, don't worry about your life, right? Don't worry about what you're going to eat, put on clothes, drink. God is sustaining all things. Look at the birds, right? The birds are just existing, Look at the trees, look at the woods, look at the water, look at everything, and ask yourself, how is all of that just existing like it is? It's because God created it and sustains, sustains it. And so remind yourselves of that. When you do that, when you go into nature and you breathe and you relax, you're reminded that you're joining in what God has done with all of creation. And if we can be honest, we need to do that more because the goodness needs to continue to spread more and more because the light overcomes the darkness. And that's our mission. Praise the Lord with all of creation. So we should praise the Lord. Everybody say, we should praise the Lord. Lord. One more time, we should praise the Lord. I'm going to ask you two questions and we're wrapping up. Will you praise the Lord? Think about it. (laughs) Will you praise the Lord? Because you're not going to feel like praising the Lord a lot of times. And it's just the the honest truth. But will will you move through those emotions and feelings and know that God is still worthy of praise and channel the way you feel to God and depend on Him and praise Him and focus in on Him above all other things. Put your phone down for a few minutes. Turn your computer off for a little while. Get off social media. Stop scrolling for hours and hours. Turn the news off for a few minutes. Please. And focus on God. Will you praise the Lord? Because I can't make you do that. The Spirit will give you what you need to do that. But you have to do it. Number two, how will you praise the Lord? How can you praise the Lord this week? I mean, think about the week you have coming up, right? Uh, Memorial Day weekend, you may have some time off, right? You could rest, you can reset, you can think about things, you can process things. But think about the summer. Think about your schedule. Think about your calendar. Think about the way you structure your life and ask yourself, are you creating opportunities that are going to move you towards praise? And are you being intentional with that? 
How can you praise the Lord this week? We should praise the Lord with his people. We should praise the Lord with the heavens. We should praise the Lord because he is king. We should praise the Lord with all that we have. And we should praise the Lord with all of creation. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this call to praise. God, thank you for these descriptions of why we should praise you. And thank you, God, that you've given us ways to praise you. And God, many of us today may not feel like praising you. And I think the first step in that reality is just to acknowledge that's how we feel and to bring that to you. Because if we don't bring it to you, it's just going to sit inside of us and fester and turn into more negativity. But God, we know that you restore our spirits. You uplift our spirits. You remind us of the truth. You meet us where we are. And God, we need to praise you. This world needs to know that there is someone worth praising. And his name is Jesus. So God, meet us wherever we are with this topic of praise. Meet us there. Move us in that direction. And as we respond, pray that you would work and move in incredible ways. In Jesus' name, amen.